So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced in our Come and See studio here in Ada. It's the second Sunday of Easter, otherwise known as Divine Mercy Sunday. Good morning. My name is John Keeley, and help me to produce and present the program this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks a lot. After that Easter, enjoy the Easter ceremonies that were available to us online. Uh, I know a lot of people went to Nark, a lot of some people went to Abbeyfield, and some of us went to their local parishes. So we, we thank all those people who arranged and participated in all those ceremonies to bring us uh, the best they could within the circumstances of restrictions and so on and so forth. So thank you very much indeed for everybody. But also we want to welcome this morning, especially our listeners who are housebound, lonely and struggling, some of whom have been in touch with us over the period, uh, thanking us for, for uh, sharing with them uh, Mass from Abbeyfield especially, and also our evening programme, uh, our regular Sacred Space programme, this is of which we're recording at the moment, and also Prayer Around the Cross. So again, we thank all those people who made that possible for ourselves too. Our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. A reminder again for those who don't know, um, the 10am session every Sunday morning is allocated to uh, Broadcasting Mass from Abbeyfield Parish. 11pm um, of course is our regular Sacred Space 102 FM production. So come and see Inspirations uh, uh, podcasts are available for playback and download anywhere in the world. You can just Google Come and See Inspirations, actually, you'll find us there. And we're also at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also you can get us on Facebook. And that's at Come and See Inspirations. Thanks again for all the encouragement, the prayers, and support that you're giving both myself and Shane as we continue, in our, which is now the 13th year, actually, of working away with West Limit 102 in terms of Sacred Space 102 FM. If you want to contact us, and please do so by texting us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email us, come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Now, we want to welcome back again uh, Shane to his usual spot of sharing the saints and celestial guides with us and our people. Might have missed it last week, but there was otherwise engaged with uh, Holy Week devotions and Holy Week reflections. But now, Shane, we've got you back again to share with us who might be accompanying us this week. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> Thanks, John. So as you said, last week was all about the Easter octave and Easter takes precedence. So saints weren't mentioned last week. So, um, so this week now, John mentioned the top of the program. Today is the second Sunday of Easter. And he also mentioned, of course, that it's Divine Mercy Sunday. But actually, this Sunday has quite a number of days because it's also called White Sunday our Quasimodo Sunday, or it's also called Low Sunday. And all of those have to do with the fact that it is the eighth day of the octave. So it is the Sunday after Easter Sunday. So for example, uh, Quasimodo Sunday, that comes from the name from the what used to be the Latin introduction to Mass, or the Latin prayer, Quasimodo Genite Infantates Alleluia. So that's where the Quasimodo came from. Low Sunday is because it's in contrast to the high of Easter Sunday. And then White Sunday is coming from a thing called the Dominica and Alibus, which is where uh, those that were baptized uh, uh, during Easter, uh, they would... Uh, 
you know, they would be wearing or they'd be wearing their white robe, but the white garments that you would put on where you would have, say, for example, adult baptism. We still have it with the children, of course. You know, when you when you have the child and you have the baby and you have to wrap it in the white cloth. Yeah, yeah. We still have that as well. White Sunday. So that's today. That's, of course. And of course, as John said, it's also Divine Mercy Sunday, which is based on the uh, the, the, the the devotion from uh, Sister Faustina, and um, which is very important for some people, of course, as well, and which John Paul designated in the Jubilee year in 2000. So Monday then is the feast day of St. Artimon of Caesarea. Now, I kind of, there's a couple of funny ones on this week's calendar. Uh, so this is one of them. Artimon of Caesarea, I just, he was an elderly Christian guy who was ordered to sacrifice to the Roman gods. And he refused to do so. He was dragged to the temple. He was told to sacrifice again. Then they released him to make the sacrifice. And instead of doing that, he attacked the statues and destroyed several of them before they captured him again. And then he was martyred for the faith. So I just thought it was an interesting story. And I said, you know, so that was Artemon on the 12th of April. Um, also, the 12th of April, and actually I must say it as well, uh, we, have, we have a couple of Episcopal anniversaries this week. So pre-anniversaries of the ordination of various bishops that have a connection with Limerick. So Monday the, the 12th of April is the anniversary of the Episcopal ordination of uh, the most reverend Alphonsus Cullinan, i.e. Fonsi, uh, who used to be the parish priest in, uh, was it Raquel, John? That's right, that's right, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's now the Bishop of Watford and Lismore. And then on Wednesday the 14th, it's the anniversary of the Episcopal ordination of our own Bishop, Brendan Leahy. So ad multus annus to both of them. So back to the saints. Then uh, Tuesday the 13th is the feast day of St. Martin the First. Now, he is one of the papal saints, and he's one of the last of what are called the martyr saints. Um, so he, uh, he died in 655 in Crimea from starvation, actually. Um, he was the 74th Pope and he was very much involved with, um, opposing a heresy that had come out of Constantinople and the problem was he got on the wrong side of the, of the, of the emperor and um he basically the, you know they had it in for him so he, he he died he's regarded as one of the last martyr popes and as i said he died in 655 in crimea uh then on the 14th of april we have the feast now this is another one i said i had to share it with people this week i thought this guy this one this one was cute right it's and it's 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 an interesting one and i think after holy week normally in easter ceremonies I think one of the some of the people that are sometimes forgotten that we need to say thank you to in normal circumstances where there's a whole load of liturgies is actually our parish sacristans, right? And the reason I mentioned them this morning is because the 14th of April is the feast day of St. Abundius the Sacristan. Mm -hmm. He was the sacristan of St. Peter's in Rome. Jewry, and he died in 564 and he was buried in St. Peter's Basilica and he's he's on the calendar because he lived a simple, holy, humble life and it was an inspiration to all who know him. And actually Pope St. Saint, Pope Saint Gregory the Great wrote the story of his life. So I just thought it was an interesting one and we celebrate his feast day on the 14th of April. Right. So the 15th of April is another interesting one. It's the feast day of St. Hunna of Slatakra, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, basically, it's a town in Sweden, right? Uh, she was a she was a Christian widow who 
was famous for her charity work with the poor. She didn't actually live in the town, but the town became associated with her and the church was dedicated to her. So that's where it is. And she died. We don't know. She's pre-congregation. So that means she died a fairly long time ago. Uh, then on Friday the 16th, it's actually a very popular feast day. It is the feast day of St. Bernadette of Lourdes, the seer of Lourdes, the, the little girl from the Pyrenees who saw Our Lady, the woman who appeared to her at the at the grotto in Lourdes. I would say uh, she died in 1879 in Nevers of natural causes. And of course, if you travel to Nevers today, you can still see her remains because she, her body is regarded as one of the incorrupt. Obviously very famous from 11th of February, 15, 1858, um, she received a vision of Our Lady. And in the following months, she received 17 more um, um, apparitions in the next five months, including, of course, the discovery of the healing waters at Lourdes. And um, so it's just an interesting one. So St. Bernadette, Bernadette Sabour is her feast day is the 16th of um, April. And of course, sadly, this year, because of everything that was going on, there will not be um, a diocesan pilgrimage to Lourdes this year. Um, so that's, you know, I think it's the second time, obviously last year was the first time. I think it's the second time in something like 50 years that there, there hasn't been able to take a pilgrimage. And then finally, John, Saturday the 17th, now, this is an interesting one. This is the feast day of St. Kateri Tekawita. She is also known as Lily of the Mohawks. She is a Canadian saint. Uh, uh, she's celebrated on the U.S. Um, calendar uh, in July, uh, but she's celebrated on the general calendar in April. She was the daughter of a Christian. Her mother was Christian. Her, she was captured by the Iroquois and married to a non-Christian Mohawk chief. Uh, she was orphaned during a smallpox epidemic, and then she converted and baptized by Jesuit missionaries in 1676. She had to leave her home village and go to um, a Christian Native American village called Salt Sainte Marie. And she was known for her spirituality and austere lifestyle. And her grave became a pilgrimage site and a site of miracles for Christian Native Americans and French colonialists. And she was the first Native American proposed for canonization. She was canonized in um, 2012 by Pope Benedict XVI. And the canonization miracle, now this is one uh, breakfast warning, uh, the canonization miracle <laughs> involved the cure of a young lad suffering from a flesh-eating bacteria. Mm. That's one you need yeah. a warning for, right? Thanks. Yeah. So yeah. So that that's our celestial guides for this week. A couple of interesting ones. A couple of you know not high flying saints, but I thought they should be shared with us all the same. Where in heaven's name do you find them? But anyway, oh. very interesting. Thank you so much. Now, so at this point of the program, we will share a spiritual communion prayer, as we normally do each Sunday, and especially these days because we can't receive Jesus sacramentally so easily. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. Sorry, Mr. Shine. Now I just messed this up for a second. So now we go for our first bit of music, and um, I don't know whether you want to announce this one yourself, Shine, but uh, this is one that you shared with us. Uh, that you heard in Knock there recently, I think it was. 
Yeah, so it's a nice one I came across during the week. I'd come across a couple of months ago and I'd kind of forgotten about it. It's a piece called Shelter Me. It's based on Psalm 23 and it is composed by a gentleman called Juan, Jan Michael Yonkas. As far as I can make out, he's Filipino. He's a gentleman, so he's Filipino. And um, it's a COVID-19 pandemic hymn in terms just, I thought it's, you know, it's Shelter Me. People of faith struggling to articulate their belief in an all-good and all-powerful God in this new era. It's a response to that, and it's called A Prayer Song in the Time of the COVID-19 Pandemic. Shane, thanks for that. Now, in part two today, um, we are going to replay uh, a chat I had with Don Devaney, he's a deacon from Dublin, who's been involved with Divine Mercy uh, Conference um, for about 26, 27 years now. But we recorded um, an interview with Don back in 2016, so we'll share that again with listeners this morning for Divine Mercy Sunday. And um, in between, we'll, we'll, we'll just listen to this beautiful piece of music that Shane has just advised us about. So come back and join us again in part two to listen to Don. Oh, 
said, my name is John Kelly, John in studio here by Michael Keating, and John on the other end of the telephone, it's a pleasure really to, to have on with us to join us as a guest this morning, uh, Don Devani, who's been involved with Divine Mercy, I think Don, is it about 25 years you've been organising Divine Mercy Conference in Dublin? It is, John, yes, this is our 25th and anniversary, thanks be to God, and was involved from uh, 1988, which is 28 years um, after a trip to Medjugorje. Uh, that's where I got involved so in all it's 28 years 25 conferences thanks be to God thanks be to God and thank you so much for bringing it I know later on we might speak a little bit about your website and so on and so forth but maybe for those people at home for those people listening into the car maybe somebody's listening to us in Hong Kong I don't know but maybe there's some people out there saying Divine Mercy what's Divine Mercy can you let us know yeah well Divine Mercy is it's mercy is uh, love's second name. Okay. God is love, and mercy is love's second name. It's a gift from God. It's a gift where He gave His life on the cross there on Good Friday, but we're bought and paid for. He loves us so much that He gave His His entire life to us. He put His life on the cross and gave His life on the cross. So, God's mercy is it's a lovely translation in Latin misericordiae dare it's to give compassion to the heart and in the Hebrew of it is hesed it's loving kindness and they're two beautiful I'm a great believer in in simplicity and and so God's mercy is as loving kindness to each one of us no matter what mistakes we've made and God knows John I can tell you if I'd be the world's number one writer on how to make mistakes in your life so. I think you'd be behind me Dan but anyway <laughs> I think we're both in the same boat in that. <laughs> yeah so it's for God's mercy it's for people that are struggling that are hanging on by their fingernails and I can tell you I've made more mistakes than a little in my life and made more bad decisions and wrong decisions and each time I've had to come back to him and say listen sorry about that I got it badly wrong and mm-hmm. he opens, with, with open arms he welcomes me so. I think that's lovely just to introduce it as being love just give us some background can you in terms of, of, of how did Divine Mercy come about uh, you know the commemoration of the same and the celebration of the same and when did it all start when did it all start it started with in, in, 
1905 with a, a lady called uh, St. Faustina, Maria Faustina Kowalska, mm-hmm. a young Polish girl. She was born in Blakowicz. And um, as she grew up, um, Jesus was given her uh, locutions, given her interior messages. Mm-hmm. And she started writing these messages down in six little notebooks. Now, this girl was only educated to primary cert in Irish education terms. So yeah. She wasn't a scholar or anything else, but she wrote these messages down in six little notebooks. And these notebooks became known as her, the Diary of St. Faustina, but they were so illegible. And the grammar and the spelling, and this will, many of your listeners now will uh, will appreciate this, especially when I think back to, to national school. Mm. You know, the bad spelling, bad grammar, and you get your essay back and there'll be more red on it than blue. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's still happening. <laughs> Go on anyway. Faustina <laughs> yeah. uh. was like that. That's, she was just terrible speller. Grammar was terrible. So when the case went to Rome, uh, they couldn't make head nor tail of it. So they, they, put it on, uh, they put it on hold for 20 years. And then when uh, Paul VI became Pope, um, he met Carl Wachila, the Archbishop of Krakow, and he said to he said to St. Paul said to uh, Carl Wachila, mm. the Archbishop, he said, look, now is the time for God's mercy. Now is the time for St. Faustina. And Carl Wachila nearly fell off the post. Many people think that it was when John Paul became Pope that then he he took the devotion and because he put it forward. Or mm-hmm. But the fact is Paul VI, Pope Paul VI put it forward, but just to get back to the mm-hmm. essence of it, that Jesus said, Saint Faustina said to Saint Faustina said to Jesus, she said to him, "Why are you giving me this message of mercy? Why are you giving me this when mercy is God's mercy? It's two thousand years old." She said, "Why are you giving me this message?" And he said, "The reason I'm giving it to you is that the world has forgotten about my mercy, mm-hmm. and the people who should be telling the world about my mercy aren't telling them." And I'm telling this to you to make people aware to come to my mercy and ask for my mercy. And I'm only waiting and willing to give it to everybody who asks for it. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason. And a lot of people think, a lot of people in the church think that uh, this is the Polish variety of God's mercy. It isn't. It's the same God's mercy. There's no difference. All it's given the divine mercy apostolate is to remind people to come and to remind the world to come and ask God for his mercy, you know. And, and uh, you know, this is the thing, John, that's important. You know, there are elements in the church that think, well, we're on the bus, so mm. you know, we're okay. Yeah. There's 7 billion people in the world, 1.2 billion people are Catholics. And of them, there's about 30%, say, and I've been generous in this, practicing. And yeah. most of mm. those are in Africa, Philippines, Asia... India um, <clears throat> and Europe is about 13 or 14 percent yeah. but, but the important thing is that the God's mercy is for everybody the whole 7 billion people mm-hmm. and everybody needs God's mercy and Pope Francis said very astutely he said you know he said he said I don't want everybody to convert to Catholicism he said that's not what I'm about I'm about that People live good lives, no matter what religion they're a part of, that they mm-hmm. live good, decent lives. And that's what he wanted, and he said, that's, 
you know, it's like in Medjugorje at the time that the, Our Lady was saying to Vitska that the most, the holiest woman in the village was a, a Muslim lady. Yeah, you that's know? right. Yeah, mm. and, and and this concept that we need to get over is like God's mercy is for everybody, and especially for people listening in tonight who feel they've made a complete bags of their lives and they really they wouldn't know where to start mm. going back and trying to rectify it that God is saying to each person listening he's saying it doesn't matter what your sin is I'm waiting on you with my mercy it, there is no sin that cannot be forgiven there is no sin that the priest hasn't heard before and he said to Faustina he said in the tribunal of my mercy that's where real miracles occur you know, only my priest mass for me. So when we go to confession, like expect expect a miracle. Confession has two purposes. One, education, and the second and probably the most important one is the healing, the healing power in confession. Mm-hmm. Really, when we go to confession, that we go for God's mercy, for healing and for education, educating, so mm. uh, n- not to keep hurting ourselves with sin and, and true sin so um so i think that's that's the essence of divine mercy it's for the guy hanging on with his fingernails that really doesn't know what it's about or what life is about or why he's here or and it it, it's not so special this year you know just to hear uh, just to hear you reflecting and sharing that with us this being the year of mercy so much more important to, to hear that that no matter who we are and and you know you know john in this year of mercy the last three popes um pope um paul pope john the second john mm. paul the second mm. pope benedict the 16th and now pope francis the three of them have been emphasizing god's mercy that this is a time for mercy this is a time for this is a time for for those people who believe for reaching out to people around them in their own families, in their own homes, in their own neighborhoods, in their own workplaces to say, look, you know, come back. You know, God is God is just waiting on you to come back and God loves you. And I think that's the first message people need to hear. It's just God loves them. And as Pope Francis, St. Francis said, mm. to his, his disciples, he said, Go and preach the gospel and use words if you have to. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, I like that one. <laughs> you know, it's fabulous. You know? I like that one. Our lives, John, is the, the example of our lives is, is, is what will turn people and help people more than any words we ever preach at them, you know. And I suppose some people would say, and I know I'd love to stay with that point a lot longer, but some people might say, well, why have such a thing as Divine Mercy Sunday? Okay, the reason for Divine Mercy Sunday is this, is that in, in the 4th century, St. Augustine wrote in his book, in his Confessions, he wrote about the Compendium of Mercy. That's the great Feast of Mercy. And people think the Feast of Mercy and Divine Mercy Sunday is new. It was lost in translation up through the ages. And the reason for it was this. It was like, um, it was like say, Limerick winning the All-Ireland final on All-Ireland Day and mm-hmm. a week later they have a celebration for all their fans who supported them the whole way up along and Divine Mercy Sunday is like this it's a, it's like um, it's like the resurrection is the flower 
And Divine Mercy Sunday is the fruit of the flower. Jesus died on Good Friday. He rose on Easter Sunday. He gave his life. The victory is won. And now he's saying, as a result of winning that victory, I am now given a pardon to all prisoners of sin everywhere throughout the entire world because the victory is won. I bought and paid for each person. And now all I want you to do is come and avail of this mercy that has been won by his death on the cross. And for to do that, John, it, and, and it's an amazing feast. It's like a special offer mm. for people. It's mm. like a special, a spiritual special offer that just for people to do four things. One is go to confession nine days either side of the feast. The mm. second is to receive communion in a state of grace on the day of the feast. The third is to venerate the image. That's to kiss or touch the image. And the fourth one is do an act of mercy in word, deed, or prayer for somebody in your in your family, in your community, in your workplace, whoever you meet on that day. And that's all he asks. For those four conditions, every sin is wiped out and the temporal punishment due to it. So I say to my family, when I die, I'd like to die leaving the church on Divine Mercy Sunday but yeah. this year. <laughs> you know, yeah, this yeah, year yeah. Because I go straight to heaven. Yeah. And Divine Mercy Sunday is that reach out to everybody to say, look, here's a special offer on. It's especially for people that have been away from the church for a long time and feel lost. Now is the time to start again. We draw a line in the sand and come back. That's pure gift. You mentioned there, Dan, the image. Yeah. Tell us about the image. The image is quite an amazing image. On the 22nd of February 1931, Jesus gave St. Faustina the image to paint. And he said to her, and this is the most extraordinary picture of all the paintings in the world. Now, she had this painting done 12 times before she was happy, and mm-hmm. she still wasn't happy with mm-hmm. Eugene Car- I can never pronounce his name, Car- Caravasca. Mm-hmm. He was, um, he was, he painted the image and she wasn't happy with it. But he's, Jesus said to Faustina, he said, it doesn't matter about how it looks. He said, just whoever gazes on it, the most hardened heart will be softened, softened by just gazing on the picture, by just gazing on the image, without having to say a word to anybody. All they have to do is to gaze on the image and it will soften their hearts. And that's quite amazing because the images, you know, is blood and water gushing forth. You know, the red and white rays uh, coming from the heart of Jesus. You know, the white is for mm-hmm. salvation, the red is for our purification and that we're, we're bought and paid for and that. But just gazing on this image, John, just, you know, it's, it's most uh, miraculous that somebody doesn't even you don't even have to open your mouth yeah. just mm. show this picture to somebody just give it to somebody and we, we had this special offer if we've offered John for the last 18 months a free picture to every church in the country and the reason for that was that people you know where priests say aren't into celebrating the, well people can go themselves without because the priest will preach on mercy People can go and receive Holy Communion. They can do an act of, of mercy for yes. their neighbor. Mm. And once the picture is hanging up, you know, people can venerate it or touch it or they can even touch it or kiss it at home. And that's the four, meets the four conditions. So it's mm-hmm. a tremendous, tremendous. The image is so powerful. 
you know, and if people would give it as I've started giving it as wedding presents and baptism presents and any Beautiful. chance I get, I'll give it to somebody for just to have it in the house. Beautiful. I'm very conscious of time, John. No, you're right. Thank you very much indeed. No, yeah. just, just, just two more things that I, that I just want to mention to you there. One about the, um, the hour of mercy. It's a special hour of mercy. And yeah. do people celebrate this or recognize this each day? Well, the hour of mercy, he said to Faustina, he said that three o'clock is the hour of my great mercy. And he said that, he said to Faustina that if you don't have time to go in if because of your duties and your, the jobs you have to do, if you don't have time to go into the church and do the stations of the cross at this hour, mm. what you can do is just say the three o'clock prayer, you know, of blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a font of mercy for us, I trust in you. You know, mm. and, and he said to her as well, he said, by one hour's meditation on his passion is worth more than a year's sacrifices. And he said, if, if a person makes a request of him during this hour of mercy, that if it be compatible with his will, he will grant it. That, so if, it, it's a bit like Divine Mercy Sunday, John. If you have a special request that you need to make, three o'clock is the hour to make it. Beautiful. And meditate on his passion for an hour, and I can tell you something. It just, it it really is. It's a great promise that he's given to us, you know. And again, people don't know about it, so they don't avail of it. I want to just ask you just one thing now before we go for a bit of music. Um, There is a chaplet of Divine Mercy. Yes, he gave. Briefly, yeah. Yeah, sure. He gave Faustina the chaplet because. He said to her, he said that this is, he gave it one as a preparation for the Divine Mercy Sunday, but most importantly, it was for, he gave it to her for those souls who are dying, mm. because he said that the most fearful moment in a person's life is the moment that before they leave this life and enter the next. Yeah. And he gave her that chaplet to allay people's fears, that when this chaplet is said in their presence, all fear disappears and peace comes. And I've seen this so many times in my own personal experience, John. You know, So it's a powerful prayer to say, no matter what time of the year it is, you can do the novena, and he's so well disposed to answering requests coming through the novena. And we are going to play a little bit of music in just one second, uh, which actually comes from the Divine Mercy uh, Conference there, and thank you so much for allowing us to play it. Um, it is actually a decade of the chaplet but before that we might go back again to where you started just in the last few seconds again just to remind people again about that lovely word you used there connected with divine mercy at the start of the interview which was love just remind oh, yes. us again about that love again. yes that that mercy uh, god is love and mercy is love's second name and mercy is loving kindness that's how it translates and the other latin translation is to give compassion to the heart to have pity on those who are really downtrodden. And uh, that's what mercy is. And it's especially for those who are hanging on by their fingernails. And there's a lot of us doing it. Dan, thank you so much. Will you stay with us for the re- a reflection of the gospel, please? Be, be, be delighted, absolutely be delighted. Thanks a lot, Dan. So, yeah. listen, maybe people just might want to reflect on these uh, just about two and a half minutes of a decade of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, which was taken from the Divine Mercy Conference um, held early on this year in the RDS. Let's say this. For the sake of the sorrowful passion 
Welcome back to part three of Sacred Space 102 FM, a Come and See Inspirations production for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us here this morning. Uh, myself and John, we're just listening to that um, piece there, reflection from the archive about Divine Mercy Sunday. So hopefully a piece of inspiration for you all. Now, the next piece of music we're going to have, this was one actually um, which those of us who are watching the ceremonies the Easter Vigil from Knock on Holy Saturday night will have come across. It was the final piece at the Mass, and it's called The Easter Magnificat by Roland McDonough. And it's sung, and this particular recording we're listening to is performed by Vox Hibernier, who are an Irish ensemble group. Um, basically, they've used a voice and harp and I think there's a violin or two in there as well. But it's a lovely version. Um, it's a combination of the uh, the, Magnific- the the Regina Celi, which of course is the replacement for the Angelus during the Easter season, and the Magnificat, and it's composed by Rona McDonough.
So thanks again for bringing us that beautiful piece of music, Shane. Um, and now at this part of the program, it's time where we uh, read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. Prior to that, Shane, we'll pray this prayer before we read and reflect on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, let our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, as Shane said, the second Sunday after Easter, is the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19 to 31. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you, and showed him his hands and his side. And the disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I ascending you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And for those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Thomas, called the twin, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. When the disciples said, We have seen the Lord, he answered, Unless I see the, the holes that the nails made in his hands, and can put my finger into the holes they made, and unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. Eight days later the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were closed, but Jesus came in and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he spoke to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Give me your hand. Put it into my side. Doubt no longer, but believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You believe because you can see me. Happy are those who have not seen me and yet believe. There were many other signs that Jesus worked and the disciples saw, but they're not recorded in this book. These are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believe in this you may have life through his name. That's the gospel for today, Shane. A few, share, a few thoughts you might share with us, please. Sure, John. Um, there's a lot going on in this gospel, and I just I'm hoping we have enough time to get through some of it. Um, one of the things people have to remember when we are going through the Easter gospels is timeline. Okay, because we hear them broken up. Maybe if you're if you're not a person that goes to mass every day, you you'll only hear it on the Sundays and because it's broken up, you know, to us then, we, we lose the chronology of it. And it's an important thing because Easter Sunday, you start off with Mary Magdalene in the garden. Then there's the, the appearance to Peter. Then there is the road to Emmaus. And now we have this business of Jesus appearing in the upper room. And the chronology is that's all the same Sunday. That's all Easter Sunday. It all happened on the same day. Um, but it's spread, it's spread out. So it's just something for you to bear in mind as we're reflecting on this Sunday's gospel. So it's that on the evening of that same day, the first day of the weeks. Now, it's interesting. The, the doors were closed for fear because of fear. And 
I think for us, I think in Ireland, we can very much associate with that at the moment. I think it very much speaks to our current situation where doors are closed for fear. Fear, doors are closed of our churches, doors are closed of our homes because of fear and advice because of the pandemic. And it's something that we need to be very careful of. And I think this Sunday's gospel speaks very clearly to us um, in relation to that, in relation to where we stand at this moment in time. And it's something which John and myself bring up again and again on the program, that scripture, the gospel, is not written for something that happened 2,000 years ago. As people of faith, as people of belief, we say the scripture speaks to us in the here and now. And if this ever, if ever there was an example of that, which really does hit the nail on the head, I think that's this Sunday's gospel. And of course, the message is there that when the disciples were filled with joy, when they saw the Lord and he said to them, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. So just to unpack there a small bit, we see the turnabout of their fear into delight because they know the Lord. I suppose one of the questions for us is, is that our reaction after Lent as we move into Easter? You know, sometimes, um, particularly in an Irish context, we have a huge thing about the length of time we spend celebrating Mass. And the amount of time, like the biggest kudos that sometimes can be given to a priest is Asher, doesn't he say a short mass? And you'd be kind of wondering, folks, really? Seriously? You're asked to pray to the Lord for an hour a week. Would it really, you know, take that much out of your time? And, you know, it's something just to think about, like, you know, particularly in a time at the moment where we don't have mass. And for us to question and ask ourselves, what does it mean for us, um, you know, as we hopefully will face back into reopening at some stage. The other thing, I suppose, is that Jesus came and stood among them. So almost that, you know, you know, it appeared, he appeared, he came in, he was because it signified that he was different. He wasn't as he was before, you know, he, because he this is now the resurrected, glorified Lord. And he said to them, peace be with you. And he says it to them actually twice. And then, as the Father sent me, so am I sending you. And saying this, he breathed on them. Now, John is a bit different in this regard, because this is John's descent of the Holy Spirit. So we are going to celebrate Pentecost in about, now it's what, four weeks' time. And in that, we are going to listen to the account from Luke and from the Acts of the Apostles, and it's going to be the gust of wind coming through the door and the, the, the tongues of fire settling on people. But John's... John's equivalent of that is this piece that we have this morning in the gospel. Saying on this, he breathed them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. And generally the way that's interpreted is that is the mandate, that is the, ex that is the establishment of the faith community as a church and the demand that's given to each of us that we must go out and proclaim the Lord. And that's one of the challenges that each of us is asked to take up. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. That is what each of us are called to do as baptized Christians. Now, we're not talking about people standing up on soapboxes and, you know, banging the gospel off people's heads. But it's a case of, like St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, we are called to do the extraordinary things in an extraordinary way in the way in the very ordinary existence of our everyday lives you know not everyone is called you know say like the saints we were talking about this morning like saint katerika the canadian saint you know to go off and do wondrous things in some respects that's you know we're each of us called to be a saint in our own day-to-day -day existence and we shouldn't be afraid to be that we're called to be holy that's what we are we're christians that's what we're celebrating in this easter tide then so that's the first part of the gospel a lot there to unpack to think about you know, what does that mean? Very much the focus this season is on baptism. 
you know, often we ask the question around this time on the program, do you know when were you baptized? Who baptized you? And thinking about the consequences that flow from that, because one of the challenges in Ireland is that we are baptized generally as babes in the arms. So whereas, you know, people around the world this year, there would have been the rite of Christian initiation where you would have adults who will have come into full communion or been baptized into the church who have to make a decision that this is what they want to do. And sometimes because that's where we are, because that's our cultural milieu where we sit, sometimes we don't think about what that actually means and what it calls us to do and the challenges that is there. Because the reality is to be Christian is to be countercultural. It is to be different to the wider community around. If you go back into history and you look at it, Christians at the time of the Roman Empire, they were so different because they had respect for women, they honoured the lives of children, they gave equality to all, neither Jew nor Gentile. The spirit was open to everyone. And that is still part of the message that is there today, that is very, very countercultural. The second part of this Sunday's Gospel, of course, is the whole dynamic and the dialogue with Thomas. And very much, again, you could spend your Sunday or you spend your week focusing on this particular part of the scripture and asking yourself, where are my Thomas moments? Doubting Thomas is sometimes the name that's given to him, and it's almost cast as an, asper as a, an insult at him. The reality is he had a role to play, and he very much is one of us. You know, the disciples, the apostles were all people from their community. They were human like the rest of us. And they, you know, they had the foibles and faults of each and every one of us. And Thomas, I think, is one that therefore we're all doubting Thomases. We all have moments when we are clinging on to our belief and our faith in God by our fingertips. Thomas literally was clinging so much, but he was blessed to be able to touch God and touch the wounds with his fingers. And But Jesus has given us that promise at the end of that picture. You believe because you can see me. Happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. You know, something which speaks down through the centuries to each of us because we were not as blessed as Thomas to see the Lord. So just as, you know, there's a lot in that Sunday's Gospel. And of course, we have that great reply of Thomas at the end. That might be our prayer for the week. My Lord and my God. It's a big Gospel, as always with John. Take it, break it down, let it be your lexio for the week and see how it speaks to you in your life this week, this Easter. And don't forget, have another bit of chocolate. It's still Easter. <laughs> Shane, thank you so much for that and thank you again for those lovely thoughts to take away with us. It's time for us to go for the final basic music and you picked another one, this time by Matt Maher. Can you introduce this to us, please? Yes, so we picked a piece. Uh, it's by Matt Maher. It's nice. It's a bit of a piece. It's a bit of a lively piece just to head out because it's still the Easter season. It's Matt Maher and it's called All the People Said Amen. Uh, right. So until next week for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the week. And as Shane said, maybe the odd little bit of chocolate wouldn't go astray at all. Bye-bye now. One, two, three. Said it, man. Whoa, and 
Yes, it is.